Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all listening, reading, and enjoying. I am through the roof today to have two very special guests. Uh, I'd like to welcome Dakota Bennett. He is a freelance EIC out of Los Angeles, as well as his very well-established uh, father. His name is Leroy Bennett. He is the production designer at Seven Design Works. Thank you guys so much for taking an hour to sit down and chat with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So recently I did another podcast on a very similar topic about uh, family traditions in our industry and it kind of went into the nepotism field. And I had a lot of people that wanted to hear more about it in our industry because for me, this is kind of a sensitive topic because there are so many negative stigmas attached to nepotism, but there's also so many positive benefits and I have two children who I consider to, very, to be very intelligent and creative. And I would love to bring them into our industry and give them all the, all the experience. And I would, be, I would love to be able to impart all of my knowledge and you know, be able to introduce them to all my friends. And I would love to have them on tour with me someday. But at the same time, if they show zero interest in coming into the entertainment business, then I, I just I also have to respect that they they have their own wishes and dreams. So I, I really enjoy talking to people that have had a successful path towards inviting their children into the entertainment industry. So I'm hoping to kind of get your guys' unique perspective and philosophies on how this came to be. So there's I guess there's no better way to start off than, you know, uh, let's start with uh, Dakota here. Was this something that you had always wanted to get into? So it's actually really funny because when I, when I was younger, younger, you know, I, I spent a lot of time at shows with him and I was always dancing around, you know, stages and all that and hanging out in front of the house. And it always interests me. Like he let me play on the, on the boards and all that. Me playing with lights after the show. It was a grand old time. And then as I got older, um, my first actual interest professionally was cooking. Um, and then, you know, I was only like 12 at the time though, right? That sounds about right. Um, then I kind of went through the motions, got a little older. By the time I was getting to college, my way of rebelling, because my family is very artistically inclined, <laughs> and this is so sad to say, but my way of rebelling was I was going to go to business school. And like, you know, <laughs> like that was, <laughs> that was my crazy move. Um, but then I, 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 you know, I, I kind of found out that sitting in a cubicle was not going to be the thing that would make me happiest in my life. And towards the halfway point, I 
transferred over to uh, school for cinematography. And then, you know, I worked on a few sets, um, started talking to dad a little bit more. Um, and he actually talked to Jules Edwards over at PRG and said, there's an internship opportunity. Uh, would you be interested in it? He'd be going there strictly for video. Um, and then I spent about two, two and a half years there and learned the ropes of, you know, video engineering and EIC work and actually being in and around gear. Um, and it just took off. So to say that I was always interested, no, but did I know it was going to happen? Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a matter of how, like, the path that I took to get there. Ah, oh, you're like uh, Sadama, Siddhartha Gautama. You're like, oh, well, I'm definitely not going to be the prince here. I'm going to, I'm going to rebel. And then you found out that you're going to, you're going to have to do it anyway. God, the most ironic rebellion because most people run away from their houses to go on the road. <laughs> <laughs> you're the I, one that was I like, I'm <laughs> rebelling was not running away to join the circus. Exactly. <laughs> I'll show you, Dad. I'm going to get a business degree and I'll show you. Oh, God. It, I, it's funny because when I told my mom that I wanted to switch over to, uh, you know, even film school and then later this, she was like, you know, it was a matter of time. It wasn't if, it was when. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I completely agree, and I I could not be happier. Very cool, uh, Roy. When when he decided when he came and told you that he was going to go to school for business, was that a shock, or were you kind of expecting something like that? Um, I was happy. Whatever whatever direction he wanted to take was fine with me. I mean, mm -hmm. as, as a parent, you can never have expectations of your child other than them being happy. So. Whatever that takes, it does not matter. I, I had no uh, desire or that to encourage him to go into this business. Um, you know, it, it, it really didn't matter to me. And I wouldn't, <laughs> be perfectly honest, I wouldn't encourage any kid to go into the business right now. <laughs> not, I mean, not because of the way things are, but just it's way different than when I started. It's not yeah. the same thing. Um, it's, I was very lucky when I started and, and it was pretty much the new frontier. Right. Um, it, so I helped through the generations of developing stuff, you know, technology and all of that. It, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's for me, the only reason to be in this business is a passion. You don't Absolutely. do it as a job. If you do it as a job, you're, you're wasting your time. And so the only reason why I would want had Dakota, you know, or welcome into this business is if he had a passion for it. I would never have encouraged him to do it from the beginning. So when he, you know, he called me one day and he was like, wasn't quite sure where he was going, he wasn't really happy with what it, you know, the things that, you know, the path that was going on in the school and just, you know, was looking for some guidance. And I suggested after speaking to Jules at, at, at Jules Edwards that, you know, we, you know, we do an internship at PRG and just try it out, see what happens. To tag on to that, to, to be, completely frank about that situation I hadn't even moved because it, it was in the uh, PRG depot in Los Angeles and I hadn't even 
moved out of my apartment in Arizona. So I actually was convinced that I was going to go back to Arizona um, after three months of the internship and then maybe something would evolve down the line. Um, you know, I, I was just fortunate to have been picked up by my at the time mentor, uh, Wolfgang Schramm. And uh, it was, yeah, I had to move all my stuff from Arizona within like a week. <laughs> oh, that's such a familiar story. You think you're just going to be in the entertainment industry for a short summer or something. And then next thing you know, 20 years later, here you are. Well, yeah. that's the other thing is he's not, he hasn't ever been pushy about this, you know? So it wasn't like move all your stuff, come to LA, start this internship, get on the road. It wasn't about that. It was like, well, why don't you try this? And then, you know, it was all downhills when it's good, right? Or uphill? <laughs> well, it was up all downhill from there. <laughs> well, downhill is easier than going up. So it was uphill. <laughs> so, okay. So it was all it's, uphill, it's, but it the was- The entertainment really industry is downhill, yes. It was uphill <laughs> with like fairies and rainbows, you know? <laughs> but, but downhill can also be a bad thing because you want to keep going up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, so bad terminology. It was, it was great. After that, it was great. <laughs> So that's exactly the, the positive side of this is that you were able to reach out to Jules and you just uh, for, able, for you to even have the opportunity to do the internship. Those are the sort of things that, Roy, you just couldn't have done that if he had gone into business or to be a chef. Like I would imagine, I would, I would imagine you know quite a few people outside the industry as well, but to be able to say like, hey, can, can Dakota come and hang out at, uh, in your restaurant for three months would have been a little bit more difficult for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Although I do have connections there. I, um, I don't doubt it for a second. <laughs> um, yeah, we got a chef in the family. <laughs> um, you know, I was, as a parent, yes, you want to help, but I'm, mm -hmm. uh, it, Dakota's, what Dakota's been very good about this from the, the get-go because I don't encourage it and he's naturally never done it where he uses my name to get where he wants to go. He, matter of fact, a lot of times people come up to me and they've worked with him for a while on tour and then they didn't realize he was my son because he wouldn't mention it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he keeps it, he always has been... It, he wants to make it on his own initiative and not by his dad's name, which is I'm really grateful for. And I, it's very I, important. Oh, absolutely important. And I would never want that to be any other way. So, I mean, it, it's, um, I've seen too many times in this business and other businesses and where it is nepotism mm -hmm. and it's just ridiculous. So I, I find it, horrible and the and it's just what it does is it causes laziness mm -hmm. uh, it causes uh people to not really strive for excellence because they don't have to it, it's it's just i find it corrupt right um you know i mean if it part of the problem we have in this country. Um, it's, it's just one of those things that I would never ever would w reinforce or anything like that. I, I'd rather him, Dakota, 
make it on his own, on his own terms, on his own initiative. I'm yep. there when he needs me, but I'm not going to step, you know, I'm not going to step in. I'm not going to get involved with things. You know, I, I personally had to make it on my own. So he has to do it the same way. Yep. And that was re that was reinforced for sure. I mean, the irony of it is that we haven't even worked together. Yeah. No, we haven't done, we haven't done anything. We haven't together. done a single job or show or anything together. Oh, that's a, that's awesome. That's yeah. uh, I would imagine that you've had plenty of uh opportunities where you're like man i should really just throw dakota in on this one but if it hasn't come up then there's no reason to make it happen if if you have other options available you're like hey no dakota's doing quite well on his oh, own really it'll happen when he's ready yeah. too because it'll be that's true I'll pull him. <laughs> listen just because he's my son doesn't mean that he gets any favors I, at all listen i can't wait to go uh uh dakota for roy <laughs> <laughs> none of that dakota for dad shit <laughs> but i but to speak to you know the whole the passion of it and why it's important to do this with passion like there's no better role model on earth for being passionate about the project than my dad mm -hmm. but, you know and that's what i was raised around like the shows that i saw even on dvd or live whether the two or just like it, you know, everything goes into it, and it's been like that for him his entire life, or majority of your life now. But, um, you know, you didn't have the same passion for uh, making a souffle or uh, building a business proposal. By no means. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> you know what? The souffle is coming next. I'm gonna try flan first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do love a good flan. But yeah, you know it. It that was instilled in me and that I carry that professionally now because this is my career. This is what I plan on doing and being a part of this industry for a long time with that passion that was instilled. So it really is all thanks to him in every aspect. Uh, in, in regards to passion, of course, uh, I would imagine he's been a great uh, inspiration. Well, what about work ethic wise? Do you believe you've uh, inherited a work ethic from, from your father? Oh yeah. I mean, in, you know, I've, he's been nonstop, you know, my entire life. And it, when I was younger, it was like, okay, why, why do you need to work on this so much? Like, why does it take so much time? And then you actually do it and you're like, Oh shit. Yeah, this is why. Okay. And then that, you know, that was natural for me. And, you know, between him and I, you know, I give credit to him and my mom, both. They've always been, you know, work hard, work hard for what you get. It's important. Um, you know, don't take shortcuts is a big one. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I think that that was very much instilled in him. Of course, what I do now versus what he does now is very different. But what he was doing in the beginning of his career is, you know, probably harder than what I have to do now because it was a much tougher gig. <laughs> well, it was more physical at that yeah, point. Exactly. Yeah. Kids these days have got it easy. Yeah, okay. Kids these days. <laughs> All right, pops. <laughs> they do. They have no idea. Particularly yeah. grabbers. I have to say that people like Dakota and myself, we have it so much easier because people like yourself, Roy, you've already blazed a trail that didn't exist. Yeah, I did. Now we, have, <laughs> we have a trail to follow that we did that you just didn't have. You just had to invent new things. It's like the trenches were covered in a nice coat of concrete that we could just roll cases over. Exactly. You had to like chop the leaves and, you know, plow, plow the snow. And uh, now 
Dakota and I just get to walk across the concrete to get to where we need to. Well, so. at least I know how the building is made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that. And I can build it again. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the thing that's really important is that I've always believed that, you know, I, I it was very important in my career that I started off as a technician. That is important. Because I learned how to build and what it took to put a show together, what it took to put a lighting system together, all of that stuff. I knew the physical labor that it took and the time. And I've always taken that into consideration in all my designs. I don't take, I take, I don't disregard what the crew has to go through every day, ever. Mm. And a lot of young designers that have not gone through that, you know, there are designers that just think that they can come up with a concept and it's just going to magically happen no matter what it is. And a lot of it's just, some of it's impossible or just not practical and they're useless, you know, designs. And it's important to start from the ground up, you know, and that's, you know, that's what I, that's another thing that nepotism can, can cause is that you skip all the elementary, you know, the fundamental. Exactly. Part. Yeah. And, you know, I, all I wanted to do is open a door for, you know, show, show Dakota a path. Right. And just say, you can go that way, but I'm not going to tell him how. Mm -hmm. and, and that's, that's, that was a very important thing. And he, he actually took it on himself. Yeah, from what I've heard so far, it doesn't sound like Dakota was given anything other than an opportunity. Uh, oh, it was it was very much an opportunity. I mean, here's the thing: like even when I was working in the shop at PRG, there was a small handful of people in the office, you know, that knew my name attached to his name. The people in the shop that I was working with, I it's and it's not this has nothing to do with not being proud of where I come from. It's very much like I understand nepotism and its roots, right? You know? And then but this industry is a little different where it's not like, oh, daddy's a CEO. I'm going to become head of marketing and I can just sleep in my office all day. It's not mm -hmm. that. You have to go, you have to go do work, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it, you know, I would say I'm much more fortunate because of the opportunity. Well, it also, for me, it's, you know, it's, and I didn't think about it because I wasn't worried about what, what, what it would be like and, you know, he's my son, so it's my reputation. Right. <laughs> <You know? clears throat> Don't fuck yeah. it up, kid. Yeah. I never said that to him, and I've never thought about it. But I said it out, out loud for you. Yeah. No, but it's not. That's, I would not. I didn't even think it. <laughs> no, because I know he would have to deal with all these production managers and people that I've known for decades. Ooh. Ooh. You know, yeah. <laughs> and these are like top shelf people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these are, you know, I, I you know, I don't work with slouches. <laughs> and, no, no, and I don't. For a long time. And it just, it, I knew no matter what he did, and just as a human being, he, he would succeed. And that's a big mm -hmm. part of the business. It's also, it's not about your skills. It's also about who you are as a human being. Absolutely. How you interact with people. I mean, here, 
you know, like Chris, you were on the first tour that I ever did, you know? Right. You know, and I, you were very, very welcoming to that. I think you figured it out before most people because I was trying to be very quiet about that fact, but you know, it's, yeah, on that tour specifically on Paul Simon, it was like, oh, yeah, you know, all these people are here because they're cool people. They're good people to be around. They're not a head case. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was a very. No, important. I remember. I didn't know it. I didn't. I didn't put two and two together until I think it was probably the last day of rehearsals. I'm like, oh my, you're because Bennett isn't a, a, a very unique name, but having the both N's and both T's, I find that to be fairly unique. I think that's what put the two together for me. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing too, is, you know, I show up on a crew roster and it, the first people to find out are the production managers and either he'll get a call, like, you know, from George Reeves, for example, be like, yeah. hey, I got your kid out here. And then I'm in, you know, craft services or something and catering. <laughs> He's like, so you're Roy's kid, huh? And then it's just no breaks given. It's like, you know, (laughs) don't, don't sit on me, but give me like, give me a little bit of pressure every single day. Like, you know, make like everyone, because everyone that knows him has made sure that to keep me in check, like keep me in line. (laughs) I wonder if that's something that doesn't make the headlines enough is that you get extra grilling because of that. Here's the thing (laughs) with me, with me and George specifically, it only took about like a month before you know we were all buddy buddy and i saw he was just like one of the sweetest humans alive but it was mm-hmm. definitely hey listen i've worked with your dad a lot <laughs> i know your dad <laughs> just just remember that kid well he's dakota's also been fortunate that he's worked with three amazing production managers Alan Santos, mm-hmm. george Al, Reeves, and, and george and, and bill, bill, bill leebody yeah. yeah i mean god some of I mean, <laughs> it's hard for me to say some of the best in the business since they're the only three that I've worked with thus far over four tours. <laughs> but to be, they're way up there. To be fair, I'm, I'm batting a thousand right now with production managers. They're all amazing. Congratulations. You're doing quite well for, for uh, I've had some pretty bad ones. Oh, uh, not to name <laughs> any names. Here's the thing. I'm due. I know it. I'm due. <laughs> It happens in time, trust me. (laughs) So one of the things that I'm expecting, and I I, I don't kid myself that it's not going to happen, is like currently right now I'm transferring all of my knowledge to my children. Like I taught them how to use a spoon. I taught them how to use a television remote. Eventually it's going to have to switch where they're going to come and teach me things. Uh, You know, like how to program the clock on a VCR. Have you guys seen that yet where Roy was the one imparting knowledge onto you and then next thing you know, Roy's coming to you like, hey, I, I don't know how to run a, a HDMI cable or something. Has that, has that happened yet? Well, my dad's, my dad's incredibly tacky, you know. This is yeah. 40 years in the industry. There's no, I don't think there's much that I can teach him quite yet, unfortunately. But, you know, also fortunately because that's given me good base ground for – things that I'm going to learn and things that I can ask him. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I've taught you? <laughs> well, I'm always waiting for technology to catch up to me. So it just one day, that means <laughs> one, one day. day. It's All gonna right. <laughs> well, it gets beyond that. I was having a conversation this morning with Matt, you know, Matt Shimamoto. Of course. And we were talking, I was on my way here and I was talking to him and just talking about the, the uh, 
XR technology and what my thoughts were on it. And, and I was just saying, you know, just technology in general, it's, unfortunately people get wrapped up in the technology and they let it control them and they think they use it on a very surface level versus having a concept and technology that's, you know, it's not driving you. It's that you're driving the technology to do what you need it to do. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, a lot of this XR stuff is just, um, you know, it's, it's just a gimmick at this point that was particularly the way it's being used. And, but I said, you know, for me, I said, technology is still tech catching up to me. I said, the <laughs> once it gets to where I can control physics, then I'm in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a great goal right there. I like that's that goal. <laughs> so one of the stories that uh, Dakota started mentioning was the times that you got to go see your dad on show site. Mm. Roy, can you tell us about some of the times that you some of the decisions that you had to make to bring Dakota to some of your gigs? Well, I mean, one of them was is that it was one of the days that Dakota was with me. And I had a nine inch nail show down at the pond or whatever it's called now. The, the, pond, the, the Honda, Honda Center. Center. I remember that day. It's one of the first memories I have. So actually. his Dakota's well, that's not true. The first concert Dakota ever went to, he was at Glastonbury when I was uh, there with the cure. Glasto. <laughs> um, never been back since. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny because we were backstage before The Cure went on, and it was Planted Page was on before us. How old is Dakota at this time? Uh, two. Two? Yeah. Okay. And um, we're, he and his mom and I were backstage, and we're just hanging out, waiting for our time to uh, Cure to go on stage, and hanging out in the, dress, the, the band area. And it was the same, same area where plant and page were in the same dressing room area. And so that Jimmy and, and Robert were walking out to go on the stage. Dakota, next thing I know, Dakota disappears and he's walking along with plant and page off to the stage. I was ready to headline Glastonbury too. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so that was his first. Wow. Time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was walking right along with those guys. I had to go grab him, but. <laughs> His second concert would have been, would have been Nine Inch Nails, um, and you know he we well, met Trent and um, I think Dakota even met Prince one time too. Wow. Um, but again, he was only one or two years old, baby. All right. So, what was uh, the first one you remember, Dakota? The first one I remember was Nine Inch Nails at the Pond. And okay. He fell asleep during the show. I don't know of how. Of course. So I had the massive. Well, I had the, the blockers on. on. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, I remember. You know, bright lights, lots of strobes, coming out heavy. <laughs> um, you know, beautiful intro to the show, and I was critiquing it at two, at like three or four, or whatever that was. Uh huh. But, you know, I loved the show, and then I just passed out. Yeah. Yep. I don't know how you pass out at a nine-inch nail show, even with ear defenders on, because it's so loud. Yep. I brought my four-year-old kids to a show uh, when we were on the voice tour and they were so much more interested with just kicking the chair in front of them than the performance. They it really didn't register to them. 
So we didn't do that again for quite a while. It wasn't until they were, you know, six or seven that they could actually sit for 45 minutes to an hour without wanting to run around. (laughs) I think the first show that I remember consciously being aware of, like awake for and seeing the entire show several times, uh, what was the Madonna tour when she did like three in Vegas, you did uh, Madison Square Garden. The same show. Might have been the reinvention tour. Yeah. Because I, th- I was probably like nine or ten. And okay. I remember sitting through and watching those every time. And the Paul McCartney shows, several of those as well. Um, but, yeah. Was that a, a, so conscious that you're like, hey, Dad, I really want to come see these shows. Can I come to these ones? He didn't really care at that point. No, it was just, it was just about seeing yeah. him, really. Got <laughs> that, it. Seriously, I thought he had no interest at all. He could care less of what I was doing at that point. Seriously, it wasn't until, yeah. I would have to say in the last three years that he's actually ever expressed, four. In, maybe four years, expressed yeah. any interest in what I did. You know, right. He had no idea what I did, who I was, you know, what I was in the business. And he just didn't care. So it, was just, it doesn't register. It's also because yeah. it was so just natural, like, you know, between our relationship as father and son, just like, oh, it's dad's job. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what dads do. They go yeah. to rock shows and light people. And yeah. yeah. yeah every dad does that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I swear my kids thought I was a pilot for the first four years of their life because that's all they knew was dropping me off at the airport and picking me back up. <laughs> well, it's also the Dave Clark headphones. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, uh, I wonder what it's like for when my kids are going to realize that other dads have like a, an eight to five job in their home every night and they're, they have weekends off. I don't know if my kids have made that connection yet. My kids are eight. No, uh, they won't. Uh, it'll, it'll take probably to like 11, 12. <laughs> I mean, you don't really, I mean, I don't think kids ever really think too much about other kids' parents so much. Mm-hmm. They're more more interested in the kids, their their friends than their friends' parents. And actually, now that you mention it, I don't know a damn thing that any of my friends' dads did like when I was a child. Yeah, who 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 did? It's just not even part of our realm until you're in your teens. Until I would imagine. Well, yeah, you know, you start doing once you start working at all. I think you start thinking about what other people are doing. Well, it's right. that part. That part of the world and life doesn't really matter it until it actually happens. Right. So what made you decide that maybe being a chef was your, was your passion, Dakota? Uh, well, this gentleman sitting right next to me, um, for any of the audience that doesn't know, he is an amazing, amazing, amazing cook. Um, <laughs> my mom's also an amazing cook. But when we were in Rhode Island, I think I was like 11 or 12 and I don't know why I started panicking about what I was going to do with the rest of my life, but it wasn't really a panic. It was like, Oh, I could cook for the rest of my life. Cause we would have a great time, you know, cooking up some crazy creations. I mean, we even tried what, like, what was it? Beef tempura one time. We just gave that a shot. Yeah. Well, we tried we wontons, like all different kinds of eggs and breakfast items and uh, Johnson and Wales which is up there in New England is a pretty prominent uh, cooking school that pumps out really great chefs. And, you know, I was also just going into high school and I was like, you know what? 
I could, I would love to do this. I love food. I mean, to me, there is no expense too grand for food, like in my eyes, <laughs> really, like a ton of my money goes towards food. Um, <laughs> really. Uh, and then, you know, I hit my really- There's pump. a lot of body to fill there. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> for listeners that don't know, I'm six foot seven, I weigh 300 pounds. I could probably consume about 8,000 calories in a day sitting. Um, so yeah, food is a big thing for me. Uh, but then I went through my rebellious phase. Like I told you when I was all pop punk, uh, about 17 and wanted to go to business school. So, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. So it was just another passion that you knew that your dad had that uh, kind of fit your, your, your passions. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. His influence on my life as far as things that I've been passionate about is grand. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Roy, have you ever gotten a, a report back from another production manager that's just made you beam with proudness? You're like, man, I'm so happy that my child made that decision. Oh, absolutely. Every one of the production managers that he's worked with so far has given me the best reports. I and mean, they all, they adore him. <clears throat> and that's, that's something that, you know, is better than anything any dad could ever ask for or expect. Now, they've, they've always been super supportive of him. They've, you know, they've, you know, they've gone out of their ways to just tell me how proud they are of him and how much they enjoy working with him, which is, you know, that's a big deal to me. That's great. Makes me happy too, because that means that I can have a job again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it, as much as it's awesome to hear it, it doesn't surprise me just because I know my son. That's a good feeling. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, I just know, like I said, I know how he is as a human being and that's half the battle. That's great. Uh, Dakota, <laughs> Dakota, was there ever a moment that you can recall that you, that you realized that this was the best path for you? You're like, I'm so glad I didn't become a chef or go to business school. This is the moment that uh, I realized that I was designed to be in the entertainment field. So it was probably honestly, and this this may sound like, you know, written in a movie script, cheesy, corny, but (laughs) it was our first show for Paul Simon, um, which I think was Vancouver. Um, Yeah. And after I had sweat about, you know, 50 pounds in bed the night before, just shaking in my boots about if I was going to perform or not. (laughs) Because, you know, you know, EIC, like I'm controlling iris and um, color balancing on cameras and I'm working right beside our director at the time, Chris Hilson, amazing guy. Um, but after that first show, after it had all really happened, you know, and I'd gone through load in, load out, but for real this time, that was the moment that I said, okay, yeah, let's do this. Let's ride. Let's keep on doing this. I want to work as much as possible. Um, and, and only, you know, I, that's when I also saw, you know, the future plans that kind of spread in the clouds, like, light at the end of the tunnel. That's when I knew, okay, I'm going to do this. Then I'm going to do this. Then this. 
Cool. Your, your path just opened up to you after you saw the, the possibilities. Well, it was just that one show and, you know, I shook off all the nervousness and I said, okay, well, I'm doing it for real, you know? That's funny. Oh, that's a great feeling. God, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I have worked with kids of, got, you know, crew members that have worked with me or for me over the years. And now that some of their kids, like Haley Featherston has been, mm -hmm. you know, her, her dad worked with me as one of my programmers and directors on, for, for a few years on some, some of my shows. And now, you know, Haley is, Haley was one of my lighting techs on McCartney. Mm -hmm. So it's, so it's, it's fun. It definitely makes you think about your age, but it's fun seeing generations of, of kids coming into the business. Uh, Dakota, would you say you self-identify as a millennial? I think you fit into the category. Yeah. I do. And I'm proud of it. So, oh my God. so whatever. See, I, I, I think <laughs> the problem is you don't fit the millennial stereotype. I don't think you're, the, might, you're the millennial that doesn't get to make the headlines. That might be why I'm proud of it. Cause it's really just, you know, I got to see a decent portion of the nineties when I was growing up and then he's not entitled. Yeah. Okay. So in that way, <laughs> I'm not like many millennials, but I'm a proud card carrying millennial. Uh, I, I want to give us a good name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like the people that are complaining about the millennial work ethic are not seeing the ones that they, when they think of you, they're like, Oh, well clearly he's not a millennial. Well, that's kind of a no true Scotsman fallacy there. Cause I'm showing you a very hardworking millennial right here. Who's you know, working fair, his way up there. To be fair, after a day's work, I do look like I'm about 35. So there might be something <laughs> <different>. <laughs> Well, the, the thing is, is that unfortunately, like any, any category or label, it's always general. Right. But there are always exceptions. Absolutely. <laughs> unfortunately, the generalization is made from the majority of a certain group. Mm-hmm happen to be fit the label but there but there is a lot of us that want to make a good name for ourselves i will say that <laughs> shouts out to the good ones <laughs> mm -hmm. see i i've i've found myself in both categories before where i've been kind of complaining about kids these days and i and i but then the the farther i look into it i'm like oh man they're not they're not lazy they're just far more efficient than i ever was they're you know some of the stuff that you do right now is so much more tied up in in digital processing and stuff it's not so much humping cable anymore it's you can do oh. so much more with so much less man we we've been talking about how everything is going to be controlled like every router that video could ever use is going to be controlled through ethernet on like you know like ethernet bridges and it's going to have every camera every cutting possibility everything is going to be just so much simpler Mm -hmm. But that's just because, you know, work smarter, not harder, you know, but also work hard. <laughs> yeah, work, work smarter. That's a, it's a very, it's a necessity nowadays because it's not so much focusing park hands and lifting things. It's all about networking more and uh, connecting the right cables and making sure that the software is updated and it's. Oh, it's yeah, the same bro. amount of work. It just doesn't look the same. I'm wearing pro 
programming or like coding, IP work, you know, all that network mumbo jumbo. Well, the, very important. Well, the touring industry has always been about efficiency. Yeah. Even, even in its basic days, it was as efficient as it could be at that time. And it was constantly trying to evolve to become even more efficient all the time. And so, I mean, it's, you know, technology has definitely enabled, you know, a lot of, of being efficient, uh, being less labor intensive, um, or at least less physical than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, things are, well, I always want to lighter, faster, brighter. Um, right. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, but when things become more efficient, that just means that you can expand on things even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I definitely see the progression of that happening and, uh, uh, I definitely see the, the technology advancing that much faster these days. So. Well, I just, I mean, for me though, I mean, it's, I do get on my programmers sometimes because they, they're very, they're, I've got the best programmers in the world, but it's sometimes they, their, their means of how they get to things sometimes is um, a lot easier than what mm-hmm. it used to be. And, you know, but again, they can do a lot more of what I envision faster. That's true. Uh, but there are times where I do sometimes test the waters to see if they can do it old school way and building cues and things and structures that make them a little bit more interesting and a bit more human. Um, they can do it. It just, it's, it could see this face, you know, the expression mm-hmm. of frustration and fear on their face sometimes. <laughs> it's like, you're asking me to do that? <laughs> In fact, let's get into that a little bit. When you had Haley, knowing that she was John's daughter, yeah. did you give her a little uh, extra ribbing or did you? No. No. I mean, no that is quo. Well, Wally, well, because she was out with us in McCartney, Wally Lees would do it a little bit. because he, <laughs> he gives me slack at dinner, though. But, you know, it's, it's, it's. I mean, I, I wouldn't give her any more than I would give anybody else, but I'm, I'm, it's not, I have the utmost respect for my crew people. So I just, I, I, I'm not one, I'm, I'm harder on my, the, the, the second command to me, somebody like Wally Lee's, he gets no uh-huh. slack at all. You know? <laughs> any, anybody that's remotely close to me, yeah, they're, 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 they're the ones that get the ribbing. I anybody cannot wait anybody to work beyond with you. that, I'm just like, no, they're, they're, they're totally, uh, they're, they're, they're in a safe zone. You're an equal opportunity slack giver. Yeah, totally. <laughs> right on. Well, it is, it's hard to believe that the, an hour passed that quickly. I've really enjoyed talking to both of you guys. That's uh, been great. I, I have to end on a high note. Let's go with Dakota. Sure. What was your proudest moment coming into the entertainment industry that you had to call your dad and say, guess what I just did. This is awesome. 
I love this job. Hmm. Yeah, it was Beyonce. It was after, well, there was a couple moments on Beyonce, but it was really after I had done a stadium show. That was, that was the big one. Um, I also called you after the World Cup, didn't I? Yeah. So I was also fortunate enough, we were in Stade de France when France was playing Croatia in the 2018 World Cup, and we put it on our 200-foot LED wall. So we were streaming live the World Cup finals game, and we saw France win in France. And that was like one of those moments I was like, I'm one of 80,000 people in here, and this is my job to be here. You know, I was like, this is, excuse my French, fucking awesome. <laughs> So that was one of those moments, you know. You, you like I did have a video clip of him sitting <laughs> oh, <laughs> in the tech area while that was all going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, you know, for that one day, I felt French. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the Viva la France pride for that one day. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to sit and uh, have a vulnerable moment with me. This has been really impressive. I really enjoyed this time. Well, thank you for having us. Our pleasure.